Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. And uh, how many know God wants us to live a refreshed life, a fresh life? He wants to refresh us. He wants us to live in joy, peace, hope. He wants us to live with dream in our heart. That's the life that God wants us to live, a refreshed life. You know, I was many years ago, actually, before I moved to the Sunshine Coast, uh, I came down for a holiday to visit. And uh, when I came down, one thing I wanted to do was go bodyboarding. And because uh, I'd done a little bit of it in North Queensland. But you've got to know this when I moved down from North Queensland, North Queensland does not have surf. Okay? It doesn't have surf. I mean, the only time there's ever surf is when there's a cyclone and it's only mad people that go surfing in cyclones. Okay? But man, they got good waves. But so. You know, we came down, and, and, and one thing I didn't expect when I came was, was getting into the water, which was incredible contrast to North Queensland, because North Queensland in summer, the water you think is going to be nice and cool and refreshing. No, it's hot. It's held outside, and the water's like swimming in soup. Uh, that's what it's like. If you want to go for a refreshing time, you go swimming in a nice, cool stream somewhere. I mean, that, that's what you do in North Queensland. But getting in, I was amazed. I'm like, this water's actually refreshing. It's nice. This is great. So I, I was with a, another person who was local to the coast, kind of knew how to surf, and, and, uh, and, and I was, got some fins and, and got my bodyboard. So I'm out in Malulaba Beach, and I'm, I'm trying to catch these waves. Now, I, you know, I, I reckon I did look like I was from North Queensland when I'm trying to catch these waves. I've got to be honest. I'm out, and, I'm, and I just was a, such a novice at this. I caught a few, but the problem was is I came too close to the beach, and Malulaba Beach, it's known that the waves can pick you up and dump you into the sand. Now, how many... I, I got so close that I had this big swell come through, and I'm like, I did not expect this. I got completely wiped out. And I went up and went down and got pummeled into the sand. And I hit my face, grazed down the side of my head and my face. And, I, and I, after three more waves, just came over and hammered me into the sand just to push me a bit more into grinding me in. You know, I went from freshness to flatness in a matter of seconds. And I uh, got out on the beach, and I'm sitting down, the person that was there with me, and like, you okay? And my pride and ego's dented. You know, I'm holding my board, and, and they're like, man, you're bleeding. You should get that checked out. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you know, I'm from North Queensland. I don't know how to surf, you know? And, uh, but I love the fact that sometimes in life, Sometimes in life, you can, you can go from freshness to flatness in a matter of moments. Sometimes there can be waves that hit you, uh, and you just didn't expect it. You didn't expect certain things to happen in your life. And, uh, and I know that uh, I was doing a bit of research this week, and I looked up uh, uh, just a bit of study on Beyond Blue, and uh, just some of the stresses that Australians face. And uh, they've got some key points of the major stresses that Aussies face. And it will be up on the screen, but here they are. It's like work stress or job change, which could include finances as well. Change in living arrangements, pregnancy or giving birth, even though it's amazing, it's still stressful. All right, family or relational problems, major emotional shock, any form of abuse or trauma, and death or loss of a loved one. 
And so all these things, they can be things that can cause stress, anxiety, fear in your life, and, and can really rob your freshness, can take away from the freshness of your life, even as a Christian, okay? And maybe, if you could just put that up on the screen again, maybe some here tonight are looking at that, and you can identify with something there right now. You can identify with maybe one thing right now, and looking there, and you, you go, man, I'm facing that right now in my life. Right now in my own circumstances, I'm facing one of those things. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're looking there and going, I'm not facing any of those things. My life's going great. It's awesome. But how many know no matter where you are in your life, we need the presence of God. We need His freshness. We need all that He has to offer us. And God has so much for us that He wants us to dig into, that we can enter in. And we can come into all that He has for us. He has promises, blessings, life, hope. He has the fruit of the Spirit. It's all there for us to access. But sometimes when those waves come, you know, we, it can pull us away from really coming to the place we find life the most. And it's found in God. And I want to talk about a key tonight to accessing freshness in our lives. It's a major key for our lives. And that is living a life of worship, living a life of worship. We're called to be people of worship. And if you're a Christian tonight, we're called to be people of worship. If you're a guest tonight, this is what we're called to as Christians, is to worship God. Psalm 34 verses one tonight, and I love the, the descriptive nature of this particular translation. It says this, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out. And God got me out of a tight spot. God's angel sets up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to Him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all His goodness. Who loves that scripture? So powerful. There's so much in that. But I love how the scripture ends. The verse, it says, worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. You know, this psalm was written by King David. And as King David starts the first verse, he says, I will bless God every chance I get. See, David knew the power of worship. He knew the power of coming near, of drawing closer to God. He knew its power. And see, I love the fact that here's David. He's a king. He's got a nation to look after. He's got stresses. He's got pressures. He's got, you know, financial things he's got to sort out. He's got enemies he's got to push back with his armies. He's got situations that need resolving. He needs to be in the presence of God because he knows he can't do it on his own strength. And I think this, just a thought, that if King David needed God, how much more do we need God? How much more do we need to be in his presence? To be with him, to sup with him, and be in the presence of God. See, when we think about worship, 
We look at God. I want to tell you tonight, church, God loves our worship. He loves when we worship Him. He loves it. But the thing about worship is that worship doesn't do anything to God. It doesn't change Him. God is God. He is amazing. He's already best. The creator of the heavens and the earth. He can't get any better. When you're best, you don't get any better. So worship doesn't change God in any way. Even though He loves it and He calls us to it. All right? The key is, is that worship changes us. It doesn't change God. He stays the same. Worship changes us. Because we're actually designed, we're created to worship God. We were made for this. We were created for this. We're designed to worship and worship God. And God calls us into this life of worship with Him. Because we're made for it. I love what Ephesians 1.12 says. It says, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. See, when we come into that hope in Christ, we come to the realization that we were made for the praise of His glory. We're, we're made for it. We're designed for it. We're called to it. See, I love what the Westminster Confession, the, the, it's actually the shortened version says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's, that's the, like the reduced version of it. But there's a lot of truth in that version. There's a lot of truth in that statement right there. That we, we're, we're actually designed to worship God. And God calls us to this. We're made to worship. And we worship whatever we value most. That's what gets our worship. Because we're made for it. But our worship goes to whatever we value most. And one thing I know in the culture that we live in, there's nothing new under the sun. It's been like this since the fall of man. But the key is, is that there are things that are hunting for our desires. There's things in our culture, there's temptations. There's things that want our heart. And they're chasing after our heart. Hunting after our desires. Sometimes even screaming for our desires. Screaming for our devotions and calling to us, beckoning to us. And because we're made to worship, that's where the tension is. And there can be a war that can go on internally inside of a person, even a Christian at times, with where our heart is drawing its desire. And see, we look at this and we know that, man, there's things in, in life, and one of those things could be money. How many know that money speaks? talks to us. And money can be a thing. It's just a thing. Just a, a thing that we use. But money can capture your heart, can get a hold of your heart because, because oftentimes we, we look at it and think, man, if I can get more of it, I can get more pleasure. I can get more things. I can be okay. I can find my happiness if I can get more of it. And see, it can capture your heart and, and get a hold of you. But the, the issue is, is that you, once you get you, what you thought was enough, you get there and suddenly you realize, man, I want more. I need more because it never satisfied. Because it's a, it's a thing and it's a counterfeit to God. And because our life is designed to worship, sometimes we can come across and, and our throne of our heart is, 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 is a walk and God wants to be on that throne. 
He desires to be on, on that throne and is the only one who deserves to be there. So money could be one of those things. It could be a relationship. Suddenly this new girlfriend, boyfriend, this new thing that's happening in your life and suddenly, man, you were, you were going strong for God. You were living that fresh life with God and suddenly, man, everything is about this girl. Everything is about this guy. Suddenly it's pulling you away from your relationship rather than drawing you in. And it's like, man, where is your heart at? Where's your heart at when that's happening? Getting caught in this vortex. I've seen it happen so many times. Of this, this world where, man, there's no one else in it. It's just you two. And, uh, and, and God's like knocking on the door of your heart and saying, can I, can I get a minute? Can I, can I get a minute? I just, I just need to let you know that I need to be a part of your life. In your world. Because you're stepping away from me right now and I'm calling you back. Calling you back into relationship with me. Hey, it could be anything. It could be a group of friends. And suddenly, man, we just want that acceptance. We want that, we want that to be a part of what's going on there. And, and, and man, I've seen people, and even in our culture, people will, will sacrifice so much of themselves just to gain something that they feel is on the other side of being a part of that group or being a part of that situation. It just, I just got to get in and I'm, I know that I'm letting go of my values. I know I'm letting go. I know there's a bit of sin involved. I know there's stuff here, but I got I to gotta get in. I got to come a little closer because maybe this can fill me. Maybe this can make me happy. Give me what I desire. Hey, it's real, isn't it? Chasing after our desires, chasing after our affections. Hey, fill in the blank. Whatever you want, it could be career, could be status, could be any of those things. And it, and it hunts after our hearts, tries to capture it. But God's saying, man, I need your heart. I want your heart. Because your devotion and your worship, I'm the only one who can fill that space in your heart. I'm the only one. And I think about the scripture in Psalm 16, another of one of David's greats. I love this scripture. He says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I love this scripture. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, oftentimes our heart has been pulled this way and that by different things at times. And God's saying, hey, hey, you'll find, you'll find pleasures forevermore in me. You'll find the fullness of joy in me. It's in me. Look no further. You don't have to look to that more money. You don't have to look to any of those things. You, you, you don't have to try and find the answers there. You'll find them in me, and I will take care of those things in your life. Let me get on the throne of your heart. See, I want you to know, God's not, God doesn't, it's not like God doesn't want you to have things. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have a good relationship. He wants you to have good friendships. He wants you to have a good career. He wants those things for your life. He just doesn't want things to have us. And when things have us, and we're trying to find pleasure and trying to find happiness and trying to find joy in those things, man, something's out of whack. And we've got to come back and we find that in Jesus. Find that in Him first. And then the fulfillment of our life really starts to flourish. Things start to make sense. We serve 
and we serve out of the devotion to Jesus, not out of a duty, but out of a heartbeat that understands why we do what we do. We live our lives, we do our jobs, we, we do what God's called us to do, but it's coming out of relationship. And that's where God wants us to be. I love what John Ortberg said. He says, I need to worship because without it, I can forget that I have a big God beside me and live in fear. I need to worship because without it, I can forget his calling and begin to live in a spirit of self-preoccupation. I need to worship because without it, I lose a sense of wonder and gratitude and plod through life with blinders on. How many know I need to worship? You need to worship. We need to worship. We're made for it. We need to worship God. It's, it's what we were designed for. It's what we were created for. And God wants to call us to this place with Him. See, I've found that time with God, daily with God, is the most fulfilling, the most refreshing, the most empowering time that I have in my life. It's with God. And every other part of my life, just speaking from me, every other my, part of my life is fulfilled even more when my heart comes in devotion first. First to God. My marriage is better when I know my heart is where it needs to be with God. My parenting is better with my three children when I know my heart is where it needs to be with God. My leadership is better when I know my heart is where it needs to be with God. Not caught up in other things, but, but first and foremost with Jesus. See, your job, whatever we do, it's fulfilled when we know that God is first in our lives. He's number one. He captures our hearts. And He wants us to switch on to knowing that, man, we need to worship. We're called into His presence. I want to share two things tonight about the power of worship. And the first is this, is that worship is about surrender. It's about surrender. Psalm 34, one to two says, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. I live and breathe God. See, worship is surrender. And our worship, as the Bible describes in Philippians four, Describes it, it's like our, our offering, our, our worship to God. It's like a sweet-smelling aroma to God. A sweet-smelling aroma. And if you can imagine right now, just imagine God. He's on the throne. And our worship, our heart, is like a scent, a beautiful scent coming into His presence. He hears our, our songs. He hears our heart. He hears it. He smells it. I mean, the sense of smell is one of the most enriching senses, isn't it? I love the Bible. It's so descriptive. But it's descriptive in describing how God takes in our worship. He takes it in. Just imagine Him on the throne and our worship, our heart, our surrender. It's, it's like a sweet-smelling aroma. It's beautiful to Him. See, that surrender of our heart, that is true worship. See, it's not just about the song that we hear. Not just about the four songs, or even though that's great, it's awesome. 
It's not about the tune or whether there's a guitar in tune or was this in tune. Or, or can I just tell you right now, it doesn't matter whether you can sing or not. Whether you can sing or not, it doesn't matter. You know, I know there's some people sometimes, they, they grow up and their mom just told them all their life, man, you can sing, you're amazing, but they cannot sing. And they those people that get on The Voice and Australia's Got Talent and they sound like a drowning cat and they're like, man, they're singing their heart out and they're like, you cannot sing. But man, their mom told them their whole life that they could sing. See, here's the beautiful thing, is that it doesn't matter if you can't sing. Because God, maybe we can hear what others are singing, but God is hearing your heart. He hears the surrender of your heart. And it doesn't matter what's coming out of, uh, sometimes the song that's out of our lips, man, our heart's going to line up with the words we're singing. Our heart is to line up to say, Lord, I truly surrender to you. I give my heart. I give my life. I give my dreams. I give everything that I am to you, Lord. I'm not, I'm not holding any part of me back. Lord, I, I live my life for you, as David says, that God is, he's got everything. He's got all my heart. I live and breathe. God, that's a man that surrendered. That's a man that surrendered. And a surrendered heart is a sweet-smelling aroma to God. He loves it. He breathed it in. God is after your heart. He's after my heart. He's after us. Because He knows that we're at our best when we're close to Him. And James 4.8 says, come close to God and He will come close to you. He'll come close to you. I don't think we really, really fathom sometimes what that actually means. See, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. He inhabits us. God's presence. God's power. I mean, He's promising. Oh, I, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who parted the Red Sea, the God, when Elijah called out, caused fire to come out of heaven and consume a sacrifice, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, this same God, He wants to be close to you. That God, that's what he's promising. I want to be close to you. If you come close to me, I, with everything I have, will come close to you. I mean, I think sometimes we just get a bit blasé about the whole deal. Blasé about God's presence. Blasé about what he's promising us. But he's saying, man, I am with you. And if you draw close, if you come close to me, I am will come close to you. Worship is about surrender. And that surrender, that active surrender, I just want you to walk with me right now. It's not just about what God gives us. Our surrendered heart is always about coming into His presence because we want God. We want God. See, God's not like Santa Claus and we're all lining up and we're there ready to get our gift and, our, and stuff. You rock up and get your gift. Thanks, Santa. You're awesome. See ya. You know, and uh, it's, it's not like that. God wants us. He wants relationship. Now, he's got all the gifts and he's got all the promises and he's got everything we need. He's got it. The miracles, the blessings, the breakthroughs. He's got it. 
But he wants our heart first. To say, Lord, I'm coming in surrender because I actually love you. I want you. I want to be in your presence. I want to sup with you. I want to sit with you. I want to worship you. I want to glorify you. I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Hey, that's the heart. That's true surrender is saying, Lord, I want you. I don't just want what you give me. I want you. I want to be with you. And that is real surrender. That is true surrender. That heart that says, Lord, I desire you. I want you in my life. God's after our hearts. The second thing about worship is that worshiping God ministers to us. It ministers to us. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. See, I love this, is that because of the blood of Christ, because of the cross, because of the resurrection, because of all that Jesus has done, we've got access. We've got access into the presence of God. Hey, I think about the ancient, ancient Israel, and I think about Old Testament times, and I think that, man, when they wanted to access God's presence, they had certain feasts and festivals that they had to to leave and go to maybe Jerusalem, and, and they, they could come and they sacrificed animals before God, and that it was only at specific times of the year that they could actually encounter God's presence, that they all came together and they could actually encounter Him and be in that place of worship and be there together. See, I love the fact that we live in a time because of Jesus that we don't have to wait for a certain feast. We don't have to wait for things. We can actually access God's presence anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter. You're at home, in your bedroom. You can access God's presence. Hey, through prayer, through word, through devotion, through worship, and through worship together. See, God inhabits the praises of His people. His people, plural. His people together. God loves it when we gather. And when we gather together, His presence is powerful. It's one of the most powerful things that we do is when we come in unity and worship God together. See, we can access His presence anywhere, anytime. It's up to us. It's up to us. And I think if we have access into God's presence, why do we get so busy sometimes? Why do we get so caught up with those stresses in our lives sometimes? Sometimes they're real. They're big. They're huge situations in our life. And they can take our attention. And sometimes when we're afraid or anxious or, or, or just distracted by those things, then our magnification is going to those things and not Jesus. And God's after our heart. And the point I'm making in this is that when we come, God actually ministers to us. He meets our needs. In his presence, when we come into his presence, his promises, his healing, his power, his restoration, it's there for us to access. It's there. It's in his presence. If we come closer, just like Hebrews says, it says, you will find grace to help when you need it most. See, sometimes we're trying to solve issues on our own strength, deal with things. We just get so busy, but God's saying, hey, come to me first. 
come to me first. When was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you worshipped and just opened your heart and put on some worship music in your home and just, just let your heart run riot and just let it worship? It doesn't matter how you sound. It doesn't matter. It just matters that your heart is lifting up praise. It's filling your lungs. Your life is being filled with His presence. Come on, sometimes it's just good to just not care and just worship. Just let the presence of God fill your bedroom. Go down the beach. Go in the bush. What do you need to do to get into the presence of God? To come close to God. Because He promises that He's coming close to you. Saying, God, I want you. I desire you. I thank you for what you give me. They're all bonuses. But here's the key is that He empowers us. Does it, does it mean he's going to solve all the issues? Sometimes God moves miraculously and he fixes things. Yes. Yes, he does. But one thing I've found is most of the time God empowers us. He gives us wisdom, guidance, the ability to look at the situation and suddenly we're not full of fear anymore. We're actually full of faith and confidence. But look at that. It's not so big. That can be solved. I'm going to make that phone call. I'm going I'm to talk to that person. I'm going to be bold in that situation. Man, the day before or even an hour before, you were like, man, I don't know what to do. You come into the presence of God and say, oh, man, let's do this. Come on. Come on. Because you've been in the presence of God. You've found confidence again. You've found boldness again. You've been refreshed in the presence of Almighty God. And sometimes you're looking and thinking, oh, man, I think this thing's bigger than me. But you've got to know, man, my God, He's bigger than the problem. He's bigger than the circumstance. The devil thought he had this situation covered, but God had the answers. He's always got the answer. And we, we just got to open our heart. I know that God, somewhere in the midst of this, of me just loving you, I know that you're going to speak to me. And it might take that moment, and it might take days. It might take weeks of coming into his presence to get the answers that you're drawing near to God for. But I want to tell you, don't stop doing it. Don't stop doing it. Because you're changing while you're doing it. Something's changing in your mind. Something's changing in your heart. Something's changing around your life. You're coming close to God. He's coming close to you. You're changing in the midst of coming near to God and worship and surrender. When your heart stays in that, that place, it says, God, I know the answers will come. I'm going to, uh, yet I will still worship you. I'll still worship you. I'll still draw near. I'll still come close. I love you. I love you. See, some tonight, you need to remember how much you love Jesus. Do you remember how much you love Jesus? You remember? Remember that beat in your heart for him, for Jesus? You love him. We love him. We know he loves us. But we don't want to lose that first love. We want to come back to it. We love Him. You remember how much you love Jesus? He wants you to remember. He wants you to come back. It's in that place. That place. That's what He's calling us to. And I know He's calling us to that.
over this month, but a life change for our lives as well. Something's awakening inside of us. It's kind of awakening. I know God's got a lot of things He wants to do.